Well, I'm lying here in my tent on the beach. It's 9 p.m. It's really blowy out there. The tent's flapping about everywhere. Luckily, I bought some um, proper sand pegs today, so I shouldn't be blown away in the night, hopefully. This is my seventh night this time round, sleeping on the beach. And last night was the first night that I actually slept really well. I think I'm over that adaptation that um, happens when you change your sleeping location. I did the same thing last summer. I slept on the beach for a while and then I kind of forgot about it and went back into the house. But now with the primacy of the concern over mold illness, I decided to go back to sleeping on the beach so that at least eight or nine hours are spent out of the house that has mold in it. And it's really, really nice sleeping here. I get to hear the wind, I get to hear the ocean, and all the little, whether they're cicadas or crickets or whatever they are. And of course in the morning the bird calls, which are fantastic. So today I spoke to my new naturopath. I've searched high and low for months for someone to do this job for me because I knew it was too complicated to do by myself and it's very hard to be objective about myself as well and part of my symptoms are erratic or fluctuating level of cognitive impairment so I don't necessarily trust my own opinion on things and Mold illness is the primary thing, or um, SIRS, C-I-R-S, Chronic Inflammatory Response Syndrome, or Biotoxin Illness, uh, made famous by Richie Shoemaker, but been around for quite some time. And I'm still a novice, but my understanding is about 25% of people don't mount a proper immune response when they're exposed to toxic molds. And in those people, this kind of chronic half response takes place that leads to this lengthy, ever-increasing illness that's kind of vague and has a multitude of non-specific symptoms and that when you tell people about those symptoms or tell doctors about those symptoms you're immediately assumed to be crazy and it's all in your head because the symptoms are all weird things like or weird or non-specific things like fatigue and slightly blurred vision and cognitive impairment and mood changes and feeling hot and feeling cold and tingling and numbness and all these kind of things that sound like they're nothing. So I've been aware of this for quite some time but And I looked into how do you treat it, could I treat myself, but it was just, there were too many variables, it was too complicated, I didn't want to be the one managing my own treatment, it just wasn't going to work out. And then it took me ages to find someone that I thought 
I could work with and so this is what I've done and that's my that was my first appointment today and she also feels and I'm sure she's right that there's an issue with heavy metal toxicity because I did have my amalgams removed but there's still a load of mercury in my body from having had amalgams from the age of seven to 57 ish um, and then the other possibility is I could even have one of those Lyme-like stealth infections, but we're going to look into that later, and I might not, because all, all three of those conditions have these weird nonsensical symptoms. So it was, um, it was an interesting experience having that conversation with her. I found it... Um, in some ways wonderful I mean it was wonderful it was wonderful to have someone who's willing to do this for me it was wonderful that she's very knowledgeable and has a complete grasp on all those topics it was wonderful that she clearly is passionate and interested and um, I, I want to use the word caring but that's not the right word because um, she, I like people who are very interested in solving your problem for you but aren't all overly sentimental about it and oh poor dear, poor you so she was like that which I liked, I appreciated that she um, had heard of being a carnivore and was very matter of fact about it um, I was a little bit concerned that she was going to say, oh my God, that's terrible, because that's what the average um, medical practitioner or naturopath or average health practitioner thinks about carnivore at this point in time, since it's so newish. Um, but she was au fait with it, but she did have concerns. And I had to make a choice, <laughs> because she wanted me to start having avocados and coconut oil and her concern was mainly to do with the microbiome and obviously everyone knows I know this if you change your diet your microbiome changes and if you change your diet for a long period of time it changes in in ways that are a little bit harder to reverse and her idea was that without any kind of fiber I'll lose bacteroides and I'll lose some mucin, a mucin producing bacteria with a long name that I can't remember and I'm aware of that hypothesis I'm also aware of all the other people who say well actually we don't know for sure if that particular bacteria is important for health because in the case of bacteroides lots of healthy people have bacteroides and unhealthy people have few bacteroides and so it's been generally assumed that they're a marker of health and that we want them but on the other hand the Hadza who are extremely healthy don't have any so the whole microbiome thing is not clear-cut the science is not really understood we don't really know if there are specific bacteria we need to be healthy or if it's more a case of a balance between this one and that one 
And so maybe you can be very healthy without any bacteroides as long as you have some other species that takes their place. So it's not a clear-cut science, and I don't necessarily think that that concern is a concern. However, nor do I have a strong opinion that it's not a concern. And it, it, it might be. And so having no clear evidence or weight behind either argument, either the microbiome in a carnivore diet is perfectly fine long term or there are some risks attached to it uh, in long term use because I, I've spoken, I'm not, I haven't spoken, I have listened to a lot of um, advocates of the carnivore diet but none of them have been carnivore for a huge amount of time and we know that when you change your diet you often improve even if you're changing your diet to something that isn't good for you you often improve just by virtue of changing it because you've got rid of some bad foods and you've increased some good foods and so you feel better for a while but we don't know what the long-term ramifications are so to cut a long story short I'm not sure one way or the other and I'm not married to the idea of not eating plants I'm I'm doing it because it's a therapeutic intervention and I just want to get better and so having declared myself to be committed to spending six weeks strictly on Sophia Clemens's PKD diet I am possibly contemplating that I will go ahead with the following the advice of my new naturopath and having avocados and coconut oil. I can always do the PKD later and there was a little bit of recrimination in my own mind about oh you made a decision and now you're flip-flopping but hey I am flexible enough to change my mind when the situation changes I don't see this as a dithery change of mind because I can't decide. I see this as a change of mind that's conscious and based on a change of circumstance. And one of the factors is that I'm very aware of the importance and value of the practitioner-patient relationship as a therapeutic tool in its own right. And so if I start this relationship with me not following her advice and then not being open about it it's not going to go as well as it could and so far I like her, I trust her she knows a lot more than me about this stuff and she's willing to take it on and I'm grateful that someone is and I'm grateful that I've found someone who is and I also think that while diet is clearly very important I've been tweaking and adjusting my diet for five years and the first change from standard Australian diet with gluten with highly processed carbs with highly processed foods with sugar all that to the Chris Cressa paleo template diet where I eliminated those foods did make an enormous incontrovertible difference to my health huge 
and since that time I've adjusted with more carbs, less carbs, with autoimmune, not autoimmune, with more plants, less plants and I've tweaked and changed. And I did that because after the dramatic improvement came the plateau where I reached some improvement but I didn't go beyond and I stayed stuck. And with all my tweaks and modifications of my diet since then, I've remained more or less stuck. I've improved for a while and then got worse for a while and improved for a while and got worse for a while. And I know that compared to a lot of people, I'm phenomenally healthy. But I also know that I'm probably 60% of the way to where I want to be. And there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of symptoms. And they're all on a, you know, manageable level. They're not killing me. But they're there. And they're there much more than I care to admit. They have more importance than I like to think because I do a lot of denial. I do a lot of pretending I haven't got a pain here and a pain there when I have. And I do a lot of pretending that I haven't got a belly ache and I don't feel sick when I do. So there's definitely a significant problem here. There's definitely something worth addressing. And all my dietary fiddling has not really got me over this hump. And so I'm concluding that the hump is these things, the mold, the um, heavy metals and the lime-like illness possibility. So all three of them or two of them or just one of them is the obstacle. And until I address that obstacle, I'm just not going to get better and fiddling around with my diet might be just completely barking up the wrong tree. Maybe the diet that I'm on is good enough and what I have to do is do other things like take binders and treat my SIBO and possibly other things to do with the lime and the mercury which I don't even know yet. And so that is the path I am now on. And my last podcast episode saying that I was going to be PKD for six weeks religiously has now been overturned and I shall be eating avocados and coconut oil unless something happens tomorrow to make me rethink that. So I'm going to go to sleep now and I'm going to enjoy the sound of my tent flapping around in the wind and the ocean in the background. Thanks for listening.